This episode contains some strong language and explicit content. We believe in free expression and open conversations, and sometimes that involves using words that might not be suitable for all ages. Tailored for the mature adult audience, we will pull no punches as we explore the intricacies of leading teams, managing conflicts, and fostering a culture of accountability in the workplace and in real life, too. Welcome to Fuck Around and Find Out, the no-nonsense, adult-oriented podcast series by VHR Lady that dives deep into the world of leadership, human resources, and the challenges of the modern workplace. If you're looking for candid conversations and a touch of humor, you're in the right place. Remember, in the world of leadership and HR, it's always better to be proactive than to, well, fuck around and find out. Hey, everybody, Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. I'm here with my co-host, JC. Hey, how you doing, Wendy? You know what? I'm living the dream down here in Florida. Even if it is chilly for us, I'll take it. <laughs> Man, I was looking at the weather the other day. People on the Instagram, you were going up there saying it's like 47 degrees on the beaches. It's totally That's totally freezing for you down there. Yes, for us, it, it really is. It's funny, you know, I grew up in the Northeast uh, USA and my blood thinned, boom, just like that very quickly. So I uh, I like to, I'm okay with being called a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> this is when the, the actual lizards fall out of trees and stuff on you too, isn't it? Yes, yeah, certain parts of Florida, it does. Uh, lizards freeze. They don't die, but people think they're dead and then they, you know, fall out of trees. These are the big you know, like iguana type lizards. Um, it's definitely interesting down here in Florida with what we have to um, run into or run from every day. <laughs> Speaking about running into and running from, there's a lot of employers this past year, Ms. Wendy Sellers, the HR lady that had to do a little bit of running on their own because they did some bad things from what you and I have been talking about, huh? Absolutely. I wanted to start out 2024 right by making sure our listeners are never going to be on this list, the uh, horrible employers of 2023 list. So please, let's learn from their screw ups and make sure that we don't do it and end up in court and then all over the news and on our podcast. So let's jump in and give away some awards here. Awards for the most horrible employer of the year. <laughs> All right. The owners of a hotel in Omaha, Nebraska, they've settled a disability discrimination lawsuit with a former general manager for $100,000. It was announced by the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC. The lawsuit claimed that the general manager was fired after informing his supervisor about his need for hospital treatment for depression. The hotel's actions were deemed a violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA. The settlement requires the hotel owners to adopt ADA-compliant policies, conduct training, and report terminations related to disability accommodations to the EEOC. The EEOC did emphasize in a press release on their website that employers should not base termination decisions on stereotypes or myths about mental health conditions. The hotel operator owns and manages multiple hotel properties across all of Nebraska and Kansas. Back to you. Yeah, 
It's, it is quite scary um, what people's assumptions and stereotypes will lead them to make decisions on. And in this case, uh, you know, it was a mental health condition around depression. And it's not just there's so many laws that could be violated. But the ADA is a huge, huge, huge law that you do not want to uh, basically piss off anybody at the ADA because they will come after you. Um, it is going to be an interesting year moving forward in 2024. It is a political year, which means it's already hot and heavy with um, accusations and everything flying around. But Currently, the powers that be that oversee the Department of Labor and the EEOC federally are not taking anything lightly. Um, they are going to be more of saying, hey, go fuck around and find out versus, oops, you made a mistake. <laughs> As you can see here, $100,000 might not seem like a lot of money, but I don't know, JC, do you have $100,000 no. running laying around that you can just say, yeah, I'll just pay them no, off? No, I do not. No, it's not happening. Hey, I got some questions for you about this one particular part here. And, uh, of course, we like to deal with factual information, but I, I will put a little bit of a spin on things to throw at you, Wendy. So it stated the lawsuit claimed that the general manager was fired after informing the supervisor about his need for hospital treatment for depression. First question, does the employee, no matter what the stature is within the organization, have a requirement to actually state what they're getting hospital treatment for? Or is that something an employee could withhold? Like, do you have to put it on the table like, hey, I'm going to be out for 12 weeks for laser hair removal on my back? Or do you need to even open up that door? You know what I mean? So it's interesting. And thanks for bringing this up and asking the question that way. Um, you know, normally you have to give you, the employee, do have to follow your company's practices. Now, side note, companies' practices are often illegal. And so you need to make sure that the practices are actually legal before you're following those stupid practices. But in this particular situation the supervisor definitely should not have been made aware of what it was and if they did the the employee just goes to supervisor hey i'm getting hospitalization or treatment for my depression the supervisor should have been trained to keep that that information confidential okay um now i don't know the rest of the details of this case but depression is a ment uh, mental health care condition. So it would be the same type of treatment as if it was a surgery on your knee or something like that. Right, right. The reason why should never be discussed to other people. And I would hope um, they didn't just say, oh, we're, we don't want you on our team because you're depressed. They probably said, oh, you don't have enough time off. Therefore, you're requiring too much time off and you're out of here. You're violating our policies. Well, your policies are probably broken then because no matter what, paid or unpaid, somebody is going to qualify for time off or some other accommodation under the ADA, possibly the FMLA and other items as well, other now, uh, laws. Now, I don't want to uh, have you give away too much. You, you did say one of the key things there has to do with training, right? So in a specific instance, though, if an employee uh, comes to the table and overshares and, and just gives you more than you need or can handle, and now it's it's everywhere, right? What do, what do you do in that instance when they're telling you things that maybe they shouldn't be telling you? Yeah, as a supervisor, 
Uh, that's when you should be trained by somebody in HR, including in a consultant like myself, to say, thank you for that information. I do not need to know the details. Here are the forms that you need to uh, complete. The information between me and you are, is going to remain confidential. Let me walk you over to the HR office over here if there is an HR office. But now it turns so, again, into constructive knowledge, though, right? Like, you really yeah. got to be careful then because they did overshare. Like, even though you took those good actions... You, you now have to go above and beyond, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, in a small business, supervisors and employees or even in a large business, do they become friends? So they think, oh, I want to share this with other people because they care about me. And so I'm going to tell them I'm depressed. I need a support system. And it's like, there's a fine line there of the employee sharing the information versus the supervisor sharing the information. And even if the employee told everybody in a big meeting, yeah. the supervisor still says, nope, this isn't up for conversation. That's the way it should have went. And then they wouldn't have had this, um, you know, this, this, this lawsuit, which they lost. Now, again, I'm hoping that it was an accident that they terminated them because they were going to terminate them anyways. And um, now, you know, the, some time went by and they're blaming it on depression. But in general, the EEOC doesn't say, I'm going to I'm going to fine you for $100,000 because you had an, you know, an, a little accidental overstep. It was probably more of a less of an accident more intentional and you fucked around and found out and now you screwed up and here's a hundred thousand dollar fine thank you have a great day <laughs> triple canopy incorporated a virginia-based company offering protective services to federal agencies has settled the religious discrimination and retaliation lawsuit with a former employee for one hundred ten thousand seven hundred fifty nine dollars and other relief as announced by the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC. We have a trend here today. The lawsuit alleged that the company denied a religious accommodation to an employee's Christian belief that men should wear beards. And the company retaliated against him for filing an EEOC charge. This behavior violated Title VII. Is that right? Title VII? What's that one? Title Seven. Oh, Seven. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how I always remember VII. Seven. So Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, they violated that, which mandates employers to accommodate sincerely held religious beliefs and prohibits retaliation against complaints. As part of the three-year consent decree, Triple Canopy will implement a new religious accommodation policy, conduct training on religious discrimination, and regularly report to the EEOC about such complaints. EEOC officials emphasize the importance of accommodating religious beliefs unless it poses undue hardship to employers. And a very special note here, a three-year consent decree. We hear this quite a bit. Believe it or not, it's a legally binding agreement between parties involved in a lawsuit that outlines very specific actions or obligations that the defendant must fulfill over a period of three years. And in the context of employment discrimination cases, guess what? The EEOC has a three-year consent decree typically specifying the corrective actions that the employer must take to address the issues raised directly in that lawsuit. Back to you. 
Yeah, and basically what happens typically in, in most EEOC cases, which are the cases we're going to discuss today, is um, it's not just, hey, give us give us that money of that fine we're, we're making you pay. It's also you're going to prove to us over the next, in this case, three years that you're not going to let this happen again. What actions are you putting into place? What systems are you using? What training um, are you implementing for, say, your HR team, your management team? So it is a big deal. And I wanted to bring up also about religious discrimination because that is another thing that was very um, front and center in 2023 and is going to continue to be front and center in 2024. Again, it is a political world. It's a political year and religion um, is all wrapped into that and people have the right from uh, freedom of religion or from religion. And so it is quite confusing to many Americans, but your employees have the right to not be religious. Your employees have the right to have any affiliation of religion, a formal or non-formal of their choice. You cannot harass somebody, discriminate against somebody, choose to promote or not promote, hire or not promote, um, uh, give a raise, not give a raise, give a day off but to one person because they're in one religion, but not another person because they're in a different religion or no religion. That's where you're going to get in trouble. So please be careful. And now that we also have a war going on, which there is also, uh, you know, uh, several wars going on actually but one of the wars is based on religion and even though it's not a war in the united states let's face it every country in the world is involved in some in some way and people do have the right to speak up about their feelings um and i, I wish you could all see me i'm air quoting because it's like it has to be in your policies if people can or cannot say wear religious garb and the reason why I, if I was your HR consultant, I would say stay away from that with a 10 foot pole, right? <laughs> Don't tell people what they can and can't wear or state or anything like that, except unless it's like obviously discrimination, harassment, bias, um, or a, a major, like a real, real safety concern. So be careful. Uh, the EEOC is cracking down very hard on religious uh, accommodations, religious discriminations, and I think they should be. I've got a question for you regarding religion versus non-religion beliefs in the workplace in regards to uh, discrimination or not discrimination real quick. And I, I know you're not trying to let the entire cat out of the bag here. I would definitely call you for a consultation if I was looking to go too much deeper, Wendy, let me tell you. But honestly, though, real quick, if you're giving time off to employees for religious observances and then you've got employees that really aren't religious at all, they don't have... A lot of beliefs they're bringing to the table, asking for the time off, but they want time off as well. How 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 do you even that playing field to kind of keep everyone happy in a way? Yeah, it is. A, it's very difficult because you know religious discrimination is about um, treating people the same or similarly, regardless of their religious belief or practicing practices including the lack of a religious belief or practice now if somebody um is saying hey i need to wear this head garb or i need to um take time off during the day uh to pray you should 100 for the most part say yep i don't need you to uh i don't need you to prove to me that this is a real belief 
but doesn't mean you necessarily have to pay for that time while they're praying. Now, if you're giving smokers a break three or four times a day, and it's going to be the same amount of time that you would then go give somebody a religious break, then do yourself a favor and just pay everybody. Is it going to piss some people off that they're not religious and they're not getting breaks? Yes, it's the same way. It's going to piss people off that they're not smokers and you're giving a smoker a break, right? Smokers, by the way, don't have any rights. Sorry <laughs> for the most part, but people with religious practices do. So it's not always eye for an eye, apple for apple. You know, you do have to know the laws and make sure that you're trying your best to treat everybody um, as consistently as possible. But when even when you can't be consistent, at least being fair and complying with the laws of the country that you work in, plus the state that you work in. What about a what about a maximum blanket of just flexible time? Use it how you desire. Uh, like yeah. towards the end of the year, you know, we'll give everybody two weeks of flex your time around, do whatever you desire to take care of what you feel is important to you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you are saying you could only take time off during this time period and it just happens to be a religious time period like Christmas, um, that's OK. But you still want to say uh, to everyone else that, OK, you don't follow this religion, which the majority of our our community does just come to hr and then we'll work around that and give you an accommodation and no, nobody else needs to know about it even though employees may tell nice appreciate that so Thank wendy you. where do you want to go where do you want to go do you want to keep going i've got more here do you want to save those for I another show i want to talk about i want to hear about uh, employers who fucked around and found out regarding disability we have any of those absolutely do united parcel service incorporated ups has agreed to pay one hundred fifty thousand dollars and offer reinstatement to an employee with diabetes as announced by the U.S. EEOC, the lawsuit stated that UPS initially agreed to an employee's request for occasional breaks to manage his blood sugar, but later denied the accommodation and terminated the employee. This action violated the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA. The court's order confirmed UPS's ADA violation, leading to the agreed-upon settlement. And as part of the three-year consent decree, and we learned about that just a little while ago, UPS will maintain... An employee hotline, conduct training for personnel at various levels, and report any disability discrimination complaints to the EEOC. Back to you. I want to make sure everybody that's listening knows about this free resource that can help you work through all kinds of ADA accommodations. It's called AskJan, A-S-K-J-A-N dot org. It's the Job Accommodation Network. And it is, um, it's actually, it's interesting because it's a dot org, but it is a government provided website and it is amazing. It is so huge. You go on there, there's a whole section for employers, section for individuals. There's ADA libraries, um, real life examples. There's a hotline, a phone number that you can call. Um, you can email and ask for help. But I would 100% encourage you to check that out before you ever, ever, ever make any decision regarding uh, potential disability. So, you know, that one was regarding blood sugar. The first thing I did when I when I was listening to you is I looked on the ASGAN network and uh, typed in blood sugar and it comes right up of like, hey, did you know there's a diabetes app light? Um, and it's often 
a blood sugar control is often the central theme when it comes to diabetes management. But there's a whole section there on that, that that would have helped that employer not got so much uh, sued basically by the EEOC and lose. And then now, and you think, JC, really, UPS, UPS is pretty big. They should have known this, but they either didn't care or they didn't, you know, train their supervisors uh, and now they're paying $150,000 just because they did not want to give somebody a break to manage their blood sugar level. Wendy, is training your supervisors deemed like a good faith effort in a way? Does it help? It 100% helps. The The EEOC or any lawyer is going to want to see if they were trained. Um, so then if if your company trains your supervisors and your supervisor still doesn't do what they were supposed to do. And I mean, really train, not just throw a memo up and say, here, read this. Um, if then you, the company will have cause to, to terminate the supervisor. And then the company is doing the right thing. Like the minute we found out we made changes and we made it right with the employee and we either retrained the supervisor or we terminated them versus yeah we just kind of brushed it under the rug then the eoc and any other lawyer is going to really really come after you if you just said yeah too bad employee we don't really care so it's almost like by offering the training programs employers are demonstrating a commitment to fostering that respectful and inclusive work environment then oh 100 percent. i mean the 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 eeoc is going to immediately say hey employer did you know about this and even if you didn't know about it, you should have known about it. And so let's go ahead and, you know, the EOC is not evil people. They're actually there to help protect us as regular people. And I love that an employee can go to the EOC for help and say, I'm having a problem and I can't afford a an attorney. Uh, on the employer side, it's a major pain to be dealing with the EEOC. So let's just try to keep them away <laughs> as much as possible and do the right thing by learning about you know any kind of accommodations um under um the ada under religious discrimination there's so many we can be talking about this forever but jc and i were chatting a little bit before the the, the podcast today and he said you should create a certificate program to give out to people certificates i said yeah mine's going to be the worst employer of the year award <laughs> so uh starting out 2024 the worst employers of Last year, um, in our standpoints, three of them are Omaha Hospitality Group, which is a disability discrimination lawsuit for depression specifically, Triple Canopy, who was uh, known to discriminate based on religion, and then UPS, another disability discrimination. And, you know, JC, thanks for asking me if uh, I wanted to talk about more, but I think disability and religion are probably the two things that are going to get employers in trouble the most in 2024. Question for you. These are big employers, Wendy. They're, they're not small companies. Let's say I'm a mom pop listening to this program right now. I, I'm just coming up maybe uh, to the point where I'm, I'm starting to bring more employees on board, handle more business. I'm growing. These are still things we need to consider as a growing mom pop shop, right? 
Oh, 100%. The ADA is in, uh, effective for employers who have 15 or more employees, but then your state laws might have disability, religion, discrimination, whatever it might be. If you have five employees, if you have two employees, so it's always better to comply, even if you don't have to, because what if you get that headcount next week and you totally forgot that now a law is in place? So, you know, follow someone like myself, another agent. HR consultant in your area, in your industry. Uh, this podcast is completely free. You can follow us on LinkedIn and YouTube as well. Other than that, please try yourself, try to avoid being on our next list of worst employers of 2023 and then in the future, 2024. Thanks for joining everybody. Take care. Oh.